0: Alistair Kent's erotic tales is aimed at adults and contains material which some people might find obscene or offensive. Listener discretion is recommended. You're listening to part two of Corrupting Power Sarah, a story of sex and money by Alistair Kent. Friday, the t-shirt, Sarah.
1: Sarah awoke in her dorm room, in a state of confusion, ending an unpleasant dream about sandwiches and tuition fees. Did any of that really happen yesterday, or had she dreamed it? She rolled onto her front, her unclothed breasts pressing flat against the pillow, and examined her phone. She couldn't find the message from yesterday. She couldn't even find an icon for the app that the message had popped up in. Had she dreamed the whole thing? She checked her banking app. Those two mysterious payments were still there. She sat up groggily, pulled off her underwear, and walked into the small adjoining bathroom. She brushed her teeth at the sink, half-consciously examining herself in the mirror. She knew she was considered attractive, but this morning she looked tired and haggard. Her dark hair was matted and sticky, and she felt sweaty. It hadn't been a good night's rest. She felt the weight of anxiety on her shoulders. Just a few thousand dollars, that was all she needed. Then everything would be fine. She stepped into the shower, letting the warm water cascade over her. She felt cleaner and more relaxed. But the water couldn't wash away the anxiety she felt about her financial situation. Through the sound of the running water, she heard her phone making that strange alert sound in the bedroom. She shut off the water, wrapped a towel around her, and walked quickly over to where it lay on the bed. The notification had the same icon as yesterday. Excitedly, she touched it and read, From unknown to Carol, Sarah. Congratulations on completing your first task. Your second task is to wear a particular item of clothing and go to a specific place. On your return from classes this evening, wait in your room until a package arrives. This package will contain a t-shirt. You will spend the entire hour between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. in room 242 of the Tupper Building. You may spend your time there as you please. But you must remain there for the entire hour, no matter what happens to you while you are there. During this hour, you will wear the supplied t-shirt as your only item of upper-body clothing. Specifically, you will not wear a brazier, an undershirt, or any other item beneath the t-shirt, and you will not wear any sweater, jacket, or other additional layers above it. You may wear any clothing of your choice on your lower body. For completing this task, you will receive a payment of $400. Oh. Sarah screwed up her eyes in concentration. Second floor Tupper building? She was fairly sure that was near the computer science department. What was so special about this t-shirt? And what would happen in room 242? $400 sounded great, though. She decided to reserve judgment until she saw the t-shirt. The day seemed to drag on even more than usual, with Sarah's thoughts constantly returning to the task. How was it worth $400 of anyone's money just to have her wear a specific t-shirt in a specific classroom? Frustration and curiosity aided her. She found it very difficult to concentrate on her classes. After her last class finished, she rushed back to her room but wished that she hadn't. Time dragged. She tried to watch a TV show but couldn't focus on it. She pulled out her textbooks and pretended to herself that she was studying, and then gave up on that and lay back on her bed, staring at the ceiling. It was 7.35 before there was a sharp knock at her door. Sarah took a moment to react, and when she threw open the door and looked around, there was no one there, just a small, unmarked cardboard box. She grabbed it immediately. Closing the door, she tore open the package and found a plain white t-shirt inside. It was of high quality. The fabric was thick and luxurious in texture. The label said it was size excess, men. She stared at it in confusion for a moment, knowing that she was neither extra small nor a man. Sarah walked to the bathroom and stood in front of the mirror, throwing off the light dress and bra that she had been wearing. She pulled the t-shirt over her head, and with some difficulty, down across her body. The shirt was very small indeed. It felt tight across her chest, and although she could breathe adequately, it felt constricting. When she looked in the mirror, she was shocked to see how tight the shirt really was. It did not pinch too much under her arms, but it was clearly designed for a male body that did not have C-cup breasts. Hers bulged prominently, flattened somewhat against the fabric, their shape and that of her nipples, plainly obvious through the shirt. She examined herself from several angles in the mirror. No hint of the pinkness of her skin color could be seen through the fabric, she noted with some relief. But still, she couldn't let anyone see her like this. Sarah hated to be stared at, and always dressed to hide her body as much as she could. There was no way she could do this. She pulled off the t-shirt with some difficulty and tossed it into the garbage can. $400, though. She hesitated. What harm could it do? So a few people might see her in a shirt that was too tight. Others in her class dressed like that all the time, she told herself, knowing that this was a considerable exaggeration. But if only a few computer science nerds saw her, it would hardly get back to anyone she knew in tourism, surely. After all, it wasn't like she'd be topless and well, $400. Sarah felt nauseous, but suddenly knew that she was going to go through with this. She looked over to where the tuition reminder letter sat on her desk. She had to go through with it. She retrieved the t-shirt and put it back on, trying not to remember how nearly naked it made her look despite the thickness and opacity of the fabric. Sarah looked at her phone to check the time. 7.42. Not much time to get this done. She quickly slid into some jeans and couldn't resist glancing at herself again in the mirror. It wasn't so bad, she told herself unconvincingly, just a little more daring than what she usually wore under a sweater. It would be fine. She pulled on a light jacket and rushed out of her dorm room. Room 242 was indeed in the computer science department. Nerd Central, she thought. There was a sheet of paper taped to the door. Electronics Club, it said. All welcome. Meet here Friday, 7 p.m. Sarah rolled her eyes. Great. She pushed the door open and stepped inside. The room consisted of a number of workbenches around the walls, with seats filling the middle, facing a whiteboard and projector screen. A variety of oscilloscopes, electronic equipment, and things Sarah couldn't identify covered the benches. Some of them switched on. There were a dozen people in the room, all students by their appearance, all engaged in various activities, alone and in groups. There was a sudden silence when she entered, as they all turned to look at her. She realized she was the only female there. Uh, hi, said a male voice cautiously. Welcome to the Electronics Club. I'm Bill. I'm the club president. Are you here for the guest speaker? I'm afraid you already missed the presentation. You're welcome to chill, though. Sarah smiled nervously at the one who had spoken. He was tall and thin, looked to be strong in a wiry way, and had a nice face. An attractive face. He wore thin spectacles that gave him an appearance of cleverness. He looked friendly, though, and radiated quiet confidence. She liked him immediately. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I must have got my time mixed up, she improvised. But yeah, I'd like to chill if that's okay. The assembled students gazed at her curiously, but their expressions were friendly. She focused on the bench, behind the one who had spoken, where a large glass box was surrounded by wires, tubing, and bare circuit boards. So what are you guys working on? A different student replied. We're building an automated grow box. It'll control heat, ventilation, lighting, and irrigation. Got an AVR microcontroller and some big MOSFETs. You know AVR? It's for growing tomatoes. Another student spoke up quickly. Yep, tomatoes, confirmed another. A significant look passed between them, and someone snickered. Oh, I see, Sarah giggled. Tomatoes? Sure, well, I'm kind of a... She hesitated. I'm a complete beginner at electronics, but I'd love to learn how some of this stuff works. She quickly checked her phone. 7.58, might as well get it over with. She avoided eye contact with any of them and quickly peeled off her jacket, revealing her t-shirt-clad body. It took all her effort to ignore the surprise stares of the students around her, to smile and look at one of them directly. So what's an AVR, she asked Bill, as if there was nothing at all unusual about what she was wearing. She was sure she was blushing crazily, and sharply aware of the many pairs of eyes focused on her obvious nipples. Somehow, she resisted the compulsion to cover herself with her arms, feeling that acknowledging the strangeness of her clothing would make the situation worse, not better. Over the next while, Sarah was surprised to find herself relaxing and even enjoying the company of the electronics club students. She was quite certain that she would be hit on and have comments made about what she was wearing, and perhaps in a different group of men, that would have happened. But in fact, the club members behaved to her more or less like gentlemen. They were polite and friendly to her, enthusiastic about sharing their hobby, and eager to explain how things worked, although she did not have the vocabulary to understand much of what they said. When she was in conversation with one or two of them, they looked her in the eye and kept their gaze away from her chest, although she did detect several sneaked glances from others when they thought she wasn't looking their way. There was a brief whirring sound and a commotion from the students working on the grow box. What the heck? How did that happen? Sarah wandered over. They were looking at a bundle of thin hoses with water dripping out of the ends. What is this, guys? She asked them. Bill replied. This is part of the irrigation system, the pump here. He indicated an oddly shaped plastic mass about the size of a thick book, connected to a variety of pipes and cables. It just activated, like for a quarter second, but it shouldn't. It's not even hooked up properly yet. He indicated a laptop computer further along the bench. We have it wired into the computer for testing, but... The whirring sound repeated, and a dribble of water emerged from each of the hoses and spilled onto the bench. But it shouldn't be doing that, he continued. He poked around the device. A noise problem, maybe? What do you think, Frank? Sarah leaned over curiously to see what he was doing, caught up in the puzzled tension she could feel in the room. And then suddenly, there was a louder... Longer whirring sound, and she felt cold wetness everywhere as the pump sprayed water in every direction and the loose hoses whipped and rotated around the bench. Her hair, her face, her body were soaked in an instant. Fuck! yelled Bill as he yanked a cable out of the pump, causing the torrent of spray to cease. Although it had only lasted a few seconds, there was water everywhere. The glass box was covered in beads of liquid. There was a puddle on the bench and water dripped from it onto the floor. Help us get the circuit boards out of the water, Bill exclaimed. There was a mad scramble of bodies as everyone in the room rushed to do just that, disconnecting components, shaking water off them, drying them on whatever came to hand. Sarah noticed a roll of kitchen towel in the corner of the room and busied herself soaking the water up from the bench surface. The shock and adrenaline of the cold water in her face left her momentarily numb and confused. She concentrated on her task, and then, hands over full of wet towels, tried to find a garbage can. She turned away from the bench. Twelve pairs of male eyes were staring at her chest. Some were grinning. Some looked bashful. But all were looking. Sarah realized with a sinking feeling what it was that they were all staring at. Slowly... She tilted her head down to see. The wet fabric of her t-shirt was almost perfectly transparent. It clung tightly to the skin of her breasts, the pale color of her skin clearly showing through. Every detail of the freckles around her cleavage could be made out. The darker color of her nipples was plainly visible, as was every bump and ridge of their shape and texture. Worst of all, the cold water had left them hard and erect. After a horrified moment of paralysis, Sarah yelped and lifted her arms to cover her breasts. She looked around at the men, and let her embarrassment express itself in the form of a nervous giggle. Um, whoops, she said quietly. The tension went out of the moment. There were some chuckles from the students. Wow, one said, his tone awestruck but kindly. Are you, is everything okay? Do you want a jacket or something to put on, suggested another... We've got some club t-shirts over here if you want to change into one, added Bill. Sarah realized that she had a decision to make. The conditions of the task were very clear. She couldn't leave, she couldn't change, and she couldn't cover up, not if she wanted the money. She pulled out her phone from her damp pocket to see the time. 8.41. She could do this. $400. No, it's fine, she told them, trying to sound brave and confident. It's no big deal. It'll dry, right? A few of the club members gave her a rather doubtful look, but they shrugged and went back to their attempts to salvage the project, before the water damaged any of the electronics. Sarah stood watching them for a while, still covering herself. But it felt uncomfortable and awkward to be hanging around in wet clothes for no obvious reason, so she used one hand to pick up the kitchen towel and dry the surfaces and components that were in reach doing her best to cover her modesty with the other arm. This became uncomfortable quickly, and no one seemed to be overtly staring, so she fell into a pattern of using both arms to work when facing the wall and covering herself with one arm when turning to face the room. She persuaded herself that no one would see much from the side, but she was aware of an occasional glance when the motion of her arms exposed her breasts and made them swing. There was a moment when she felt a pair of eyes Linger on her for slightly longer than a glance, and she instinctively turned to see who was staring at her, forgetting for a moment to cover herself. It was Bill, the club president. He looked into her eyes and grinned at her, bashfully, blushing, then let his eyes roam over her exposed chest. He bit his lip thoughtfully as he studied her. Sarah felt an unexpected, warm glow of arousal and smiled back at Bill briefly. Enjoying the feeling of his eyes on her body and returning his blush. Then the moment passed, and she clasped her arms to her breasts and turned away, aware that she was still smiling. She checked the time. 8.53 p.m. She was starting to shiver in the wet clothes, but she had almost completed the task. Well, fuck it, someone said. That's enough weird shit for one day. I'm going to grab some McDonald's. There was a general murmur of consensus. Sarah turned around, covering herself to watch the group begin to leave. Many of them gave her a friendly nod or wave as they went. Going to come back next week, one of them asked. You're really nice, commented another. I'm sorry if I was staring, apologized a third. I didn't mean to. She gave him a reassuring smile and checked the time again. Two more minutes to go. Suddenly she was alone with Bill. She was visibly shivering now. You sure you don't want a dry t-shirt, he asked her. You look so cold. Sarah nodded. Yeah, actually, that would be great. Are they expensive? Bill brought down a cardboard box from an upper shelf. A free gift from me, he said, grinning widely. They're all men's. Do you know what size you need? Sarah shrugged. Medium, maybe large, I guess. I don't care if it's baggy, and thank you, thank you so much. She accepted a folded shirt from him. It was green and had electronic symbols printed on the front. You probably don't want to walk to the bathroom like that, Bill said quietly, indicating her wet shirt. And you probably don't want to put your dry jacket over your wet t-shirt, right? Sarah nodded cautiously. I guess not. You can change here if you like. I'll guard the door. I won't look. He grinned apologetically. Well, I won't blatantly stare. How about that? Sarah smiled at him weakly. You've seen it all already, though, haven't you? No point hiding myself from you now, she found herself telling him, her voice teasing. She didn't know where her confident, flirty tone had come from, but she liked it. Something in her was responding to him. Bill grinned back at her confidently. Maybe so, but I'll be a gentleman. Sarah checked her phone. 9.01 p.m., finally. She turned her back to Bill and with some effort began to peel off the clinging wet t-shirt, certain that he was watching her every motion. But the fabric bunched beneath her breasts. The t-shirt, far too tight when it was dry, had shrunk even further with wetness and was now sticking like glue to her curves. She tried to pull it from several angles, but could not get a purchase on it, and now she felt it digging into her armpit uncomfortably and forming a tight band of constriction around her chest. She tried again, but her efforts to stretch and pull the fabric merely resulted in it bunching and tightening further. Now she was sure she was losing circulation in her arm. Panic began to set in, and she realized she could no longer take full breaths. Bill, she grunted, turning towards him. I'm stuck in this thing. Bill was wide-eyed with concern. What do you want me to do? Sarah moaned in panic, feeling trapped, her arm actually hurting now. She sucked in as big a breath as she could. Just get it off me. Bill stepped quickly up to her and cautiously tried to pull up the shirt fabric by grasping an edge, but it was thoroughly stuck. I'll need to touch you, he said apologetically. Sarah just nodded, panting in shallow breaths now, her body beginning to hunger for more air. Bill grabbed a bunch of the tangled fabric at her right side and inserted his hand under her opposite breast, grabbing the shirt from the inside. He strained and pulled, stretching and tearing the fabric with his raw strength. The pressure on Sarah's chest was relieved immediately as her left breast popped free. Bill glanced at it distractedly for a heartbeat, then resumed his efforts, tearing and pulling the cloth while Sarah took deep, delicious, gasping breaths. Finally, Bill was able to lift the tight hoop of bunched fabric over her shoulder, over her head, and off completely. He tossed the shirt onto the floor. They both stood for a moment, intimately close while they recovered their breath, Sarah's naked breasts heaving as she panted, red from exertion and panic. She was aware of his eyes on her nipples and felt no eroticism in the moment, but instead only a sense of comfort and trust. She made no effort to cover herself. I think you just saved my life, Bill, she said quietly. Thank you. Bill nodded, then picked up the club t-shirt and unfolded it. He quietly pulled it over her head, helping her get her arms through the holes and drew it down across her body. I'm just glad you're okay, he told her, his tone sincere. Then a slight grin appeared on his face. You're the first girl to ever come to Electronics Club. It'd look bad if you died, you know? Sarah rolled her eyes, smiling despite herself. Everyone here was so nice. I don't know if it's for me, though. Bill nodded. I understand. That whole thing with the pump and then this. He shrugged. I don't think I'd come back either. Crazy weird about that pump, though. Couldn't find anything wrong. It's like someone was controlling it. He shook his head. But that's impossible. Sarah sighed. Sometimes weird things happen, especially to me. She picked up her jacket and pulled it on, then pulled out her phone and quickly checked her bank balance. System transfer. $400. She wasn't surprised anymore. Could I, um, could I get your number? Maybe we could chill out sometime, Bill asked hesitantly. A smile appeared at the corner of his mouth. Smoke some tomatoes together? Sarah returned his smile and studied him intently. She sensed he was a good man. There was an attraction, and there had certainly been an intimate moment between them. But her shyness reimposed itself suddenly, and she flushed and looked away. Sure, she replied quietly. I mean, you did save my life. She smiled softly. They exchanged numbers, and Sarah walked out.
0: From the Journal of Robert Ogilvie. I watched the video many times, rewinding it again and again. There had been two discrete security cameras in the electronics club room, and I had a further angle from the laptop webcam. When the girl Sarah had peeled off her jacket, exposing her large breasts to the room, covered only in the skin-tight t-shirt I had sent her, I was very pleased with the visual effect, and even more pleased with the reaction of the all-male club members. It must have been a truly humiliating moment for her, I thought, her splendid breasts all but on display to these strangers, most of them probable virgins with questionable interpersonal skills. I was slightly less pleased when the boys behaved rather better than I had predicted. I had hoped that at least they would continue to openly stare and perhaps make inappropriate comments. I had even dared to imagine that they would become physical with her in some way, But none of that had happened. The boys had been far more polite and respectful than I had anticipated. One of the club members, though, had an unexpected gift for me recorded on his phone. The boy had been sitting down close to Sarah when she had bent over the pump, and having a magnificent view of her hanging breasts and prominent nipples, he had discreetly hit record and placed the phone into his shirt pocket. So discreet was this motion that I had not noticed it on the security footage. Perhaps, I thought, this boy had previous practice in subtly recording young women. Perhaps he might be an asset in future plans. Regardless, the boy's recording was well lit, close up, stable, and in high definition. It showed the moment when I activated the pump on full power. It showed the gasp of surprise on Sarah's face when the cold water hit her. It showed her chest being... "'raked again and again by the high-volume jets of pressurized water. "'And it showed the fabric transform almost instantly from dry opacity "'to the almost invisible state that it adopted when soaked through, "'clinging tightly to the curves of her breasts, hiding nothing. "'I nodded to myself in approval. "'My research into suitable fabrics had paid off well. "'I felt my erection harden between my legs as I studied the close-up of the girl's body, wanting to reach through the image to cup her breast and pinch her nipple. It was the closest I had been to seeing her naked. Of course, I could have had a hidden camera installed in her dorm room easily enough, or used her own phone to capture her at suitable moments. But I had refrained from doing so, a small act of self-discipline. She was a gift to myself that I would unwrap slowly, with anticipation. When the boys had started to notice her state— and Sarah had turned around to a sea of staring faces. Finally realizing what had happened to her shirt, I laughed out loud. It was perfect, little Miss Perfect, little Miss Smug. Now the memory of her breasts would be masturbated over by every one of those electronics nerds for years. How deliciously humiliating. But of course there was much, much worse to come for her. I found myself subconsciously rubbing my own hardness through my pants at the thought. The situation that occurred later, when she was alone with the club president, was an unexpected development. It had not occurred to me that she would want to take off the shirt in the room, or that it might be so difficult for her. I enjoyed watching her struggle to remove it, of course, and had been pleased when she panicked and asked the boy, Bill, to help her but the moment that passed between the two of them afterwards was disappointingly tender. I wasn't sure how I felt about that. If it looked like the boy might get to fuck her before I did, well, that would not be acceptable. Steps would be taken if necessary. You've been listening to part two of Corrupting Power, Sarah, a story of sex and money by Alistair Kent. In the next installment, Sarah receives another new wardrobe item from Ogilvy and finds herself uncomfortably exposed. If you'd like to skip ahead in this story, you can find this book and others by Alistair Kent on Amazon. You can even read them for free with Kindle Unlimited. Finally, why not follow at Alistair Kent on Twitter?
1: Thank you for listening.